Good morning. Glad to see you all this morning. If you're new worshiping with us today, we're especially glad that you've chosen uh, to join us. I am Pastor Jeff Dadisman, and we are live streaming this morning from St. John's Young Methodist Church here in Davenport, Iowa. If you're online, uh, thank you for being with us today. Uh, there is an attendance button on our website that you can uh, let us know that you're here. Let's begin our worship together. Please remain standing for the call to worship. Jesus called his disciples from a life of fishing for fish, and we keep them to go out and fish for people. Jesus Messiah, the name which has been given place above all other names. Jesus Savior, the name which has the power to change people's lives. Jesus Emmanuel, the name that means God with us the name that has the power to take away our loneliness. Jesus, Redeemer and Friend, the name which reminds us of the sacrifice to cover human sin, the only name in which we find the power to cancel sin and set us free. Jesus proclaimed a kingdom in which believers would love justice, seek mercy, and walk humbly before watching world. Jesus proclaimed a kingdom in which the first would be last and the last would move to the front of the line. Jesus described two ways of living, the broad way that leads to destruction and a narrow way that leads to eternal life. The first followers of Jesus were called people of the way. Let us pray. Gracious God, we bow down before your presence because you are the God who fathom all our pains and sorrows. Lord, we know that we cannot avoid the storms come into our lives, but we believe that you are holding our hands in the middle of the storm. Lord God, we pray that you would hear our prayers and cries. Lord, provide your comforting hands to all of us. Lord God, we open our hearts and minds to listen to your message for us. Please give us the wisdom to understand your will for us. Lord, we ask your special blessing for Pastor Jeff, our preacher this morning. Fill his heart with the Holy Spirit and the confidence. Through your words, transform us like Jesus. Lord, you called us as the salt and the light of the world. So let us keep praying for the world in this country and our communities. Lord God, we ask for your protection and guidance for all the students starting a new school year. Gracious God, now we come to you with the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
This morning's reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Jesus said to his disciples and all who were listening, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. But small is the gates and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. The Gospel of the Lord for the people of the Lord. There is a, a recent spin-off from Star Wars called The Mandalorian that uses this phrase, this is the way. Anybody hear that? Anybody watch that? It kind of plays with it. It doesn't have anything to do with the Sermon on the Mount, nothing to do with Jesus. In fact, it kind of turns it all around. And, and yet, uh, every time I, I heard uh, the, the main character declare, this is the way, it was kind of like a, almost a farewell, a departure word. I thought of Jesus in his beginning word. His challenge comes to us, um, you know, and sometimes upsets our modern sensibilities a little bit. We, we like to play the field, play the odds. We don't necessarily like to be hemmed in the narrow way, maybe rubs against us a little bit. Um, you know, Christianity kind of has a, a black eye a little bit when, when you say, you know, this is the way and this is the only way and, and it's Jesus' way or else. But I want to uh, talk a little bit about what, what is Jesus saying here. He's surrounded by a large crowd of people, and yet when you're in a large crowd, you can have a false sense of security. Everybody on this road can't possibly be wrong, we think, we reason, but can they? A famous thinker once wrote, right is right even if nobody does it, and wrong is still wrong even if everybody does it. And it's not just thinking about the gauntlet of middle school where, you know, are we with the group or are we going to be out of the group, but it follows us all the way through life. And so as we think about narrow ways and narrow roads and narrow gates, I want to take you with me to the airport. Ever since 9-11, the airport security checkpoints have been different. Um, the gate got significantly narrower and harder to pass, tighter to get through. Uh, to get through that final gate, you separate from almost everything, camera, computer, phone, keys, purse, wallet, we would think, sure, but you have to also give up your shoes and your belt, and sometimes we need our belts. And if you get through the scanner, then you get dressed again, right, on the other side. And that's different than what it was 20 years ago. The bottom line is, though, that there's no plane ride, and there's nobody going to smile and say, have a nice day, unless you submit. It's rather simple, and it's pretty clear uh, but if you want to arrive at the destination the Bible describes, you have to begin the journey, you have to stay on the journey, and sometimes it, it's a narrow road that you'll find yourself on, not the way that everybody else is going. That's kind of what Jesus is saying. And he was talking to a group that, that had more than just a little clue as to what was expected by God. He was aiming at the, the leaders of the Jewish community because there were uh, a, a group called lawyers and scribes and Pharisees that, that knew the way, and yet they were kind of funneling people off on a side way, a wrong way. 
And so Jesus kind of takes on the Pharisees with this comment. Uh, There is a way that is broad that leads to destruction. And he kind of looks over there and gives them the eye and said, then there is a way that leads to life. And he looks at everybody else. So he gives us the challenges. Are we started? Have we initiated that journey? Are we in relationship with God through faith? It's not something that we do always. It begins with, God, I want to follow you. I want to walk in your way. Jesus wants us to be sure about that. Then he also makes it clear that 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 is a choice that everybody can make. Important choices um, are not something that we just delay. We, We act. And so today I want you to think about, have you acted on that choice? There are many important choices we make in life, and, and I would say, share with you one of the most important choices I made was who to marry. And I decided long before Susan who I was going to marry. Um, it was love at first sight for me, um, not so much for her. We, we had met in high school uh, nine years earlier, and we ended up in grad school together. Uh, I'm studying to be a pastor. She's an RN, a nurse, and and as a nurse in her first job, she found herself beside people at the night before surgery with really, really big fears and concerns. And, and as a nurse, she had to focus on the physical, uh, on the regimen required. She couldn't really enter into the spiritual questions. And so she enrolled in seminary to think about being a chaplain so that she could uh, discuss with people their choices, their fears, that spiritual dimension to life. And so we find ourselves there in grad school, and, uh, and a family member had kind of said, hey, there's somebody coming that knows you. And, and I had figured out, oh, that's where she is. And so I'm all excited. And, and nine years before at camp, I had taken a picture like this, uh, of a, a girl sitting there, and Susan was kind of beside her. And, and in her mind, she had a picture of me and my best friend. She thought he was the one coming back to seminary. And that, that was a problem. You know, I knew she was the one. And, and so I'm looking for her, and I see her walk past me, and I'm like, oh, she hasn't changed a bit. And she's just kind of like, wow, where is this person that I'm looking for? And I sat down with her at lunch, and it was kind of like, I mean, I just remember her saying, oh, yeah, we went to camp together when we were little. Kind of like, I felt really little. Um, so it took a while. It took about nine months before um, we, we were, got it together. You we're we're going to pursue this. So choices are important. And, and that's one of those choices that, that you, you choose one person. And it's similar to God, the, the God of the Old Testament, and, and I think that's, this is still an accurate part of God's personality. God wants us to choose God and to love God with all of our hearts, not play the field. God wants us to make that choice to align with him. And Jesus came to, to make that very clear for us. And as Jesus is ending the Sermon on the Mount, he he sets out this dichotomy. You have two choices. It's not multiple choice. There's not lots of choices. And yet our American way, we like the buffet, don't we? You go to the buffet and and you try a little bit of everything, 
and our spirituality has become just like that. And yet today, Jesus is going to pull it a little tighter. He said, there is one road that is wide and easy. There is one road that is narrow, and it's hard to be a Christian or not. And I think Jesus says to all of us, this is the way. Maybe you remember when you made that choice, and you're walking a very different path as a result. Some of you are still undecided. You're not for sure. Maybe you've never really allowed God to be in first place, to be in the driver's seat, to call the shots. Jesus is nearby, but he's not Lord of your life. Jesus is close, or maybe he's in the back seat, but he's not driving. Some of us kind of ease into the Christian faith. Some of us grow up in church, and, and I know Billy Graham is someone from the previous generation, the epitome of inviting people to commitment. And in his own sharing, he said, my wife, she could not name a time where she was not in Christ. And maybe you did grow up in church and connected to Christ. And today is, is simply a, a checkpoint, uh, just an asking of the question. God sometimes asks us the questions amidst all the questions that we ask. God is asking a question. Jesus is, is giving focus to that question And instead of allowing his listeners to drift all the way through life and and get to the end of the journey and discover they missed the boat, Jesus says, are you with me? This is the way. The two lifestyle choices presented here by Christ are these. The wide road, it's an easy road. You really don't have to worry about boundaries or standards at all. Uh, The Sermon on the Mount is kind of irrelevant if you're not on Jesus' way. You can be proud and angry. You can hate your enemy. You can entertain lust. You don't have to forgive. You don't have to make time to pray. You're not on the Jesus way. It doesn't matter for you. You get to keep all you earn and go after the rest that you want. If somebody does you wrong, you can retaliate as many times as you can. You can criticize people and you can complain from dawn until dusk. It's not wrong if you're not on the way. The ride road often looks like a party, never-ending, unrestricted freedom, and yet the reality is different, that sometimes the party is almost necessary to deaden the pain that one is carrying, the burden of brokenness. The party is a way simply to escape, to cope with the disappointments of life. It's a pretty thin veiled charade. And that party is limited to this earth. The difficulty with the wide road is this, that when so many people live recklessly and with abandon, they often hurt one another. We all know that children need boundaries or they'll grow up to be spoiled, and yet it it seems to follow closely that when adults don't have boundaries, they too can grow up spoiled. The narrow road is, is the other road, the one that Jesus calls the narrow way, and there are boundaries. And the Sermon on the Mount has detailed for us what God is wanting to grow in us. And it's not just, are you on the way? Have you begun the journey? But are you growing? And so we may feel like the standards are are pretty high and the the road is too narrow, and yet it's a growth curve, if I can give you that idea that Jesus is saying, are you going on to perfection? That's a part of our Methodist history. And it's basically a way of saying, are you trying still? 
You know, we fail three steps forward, two steps back. There's grace, there's forgiveness, there's mercy. But are you still on the road, the Jesus road? Jesus says humility is a part of this road. Anger out of control is not something I want to see. Neither is lust or greed or swearing or retaliation and hatred. The narrow way is a different way. It's a way of prayer, of generosity, of seeking first the kingdom of God. It's the road of purity and honesty, keeping promises, practicing forgiveness. That's the way. Jesus says, this is my way. It is difficult. It is steep. It's maybe almost impossible to keep if it were not for the presence of Christ and the power of God working in us, we might end every day saying, I failed, O Lord. But if you accept God's grace and mercy, you can be faithful and you can keep trying, keep walking, continue in the way. You get second chances, you can start over, you can keep going. All of these difficulties come with this incredible context of an invitation Jesus extends to all without status, without regard to station in life. It's the Son of God who's come to earth to say, here is the door. I am the door. This is the gate that would welcome any who would come. To all who hunger is given the bread of life. To all who are thirsty, there is that well of of living water that they can drink from. That's the invitation that Jesus extends. And there's also a party on this road. And we think there's no party, there's no fun. It's a hard way, it's a stern way. But that's not necessarily Jesus' way either. Jesus accounts for three different parables. There's a, a sheep that gets lost, and when it's found, there's a party. There's a coin that gets lost, and the woman cleans and cleans until she finds it. She invites all her neighbors, and there's another party. There's a father with two sons, and one of them gets lost, and when he's found, he throws a party. And Jesus says, how much more do the angels in heaven rejoice when a person who is lost gets found, and they join the way? There's a party And it's not just in heaven. The the party in heaven can be mirrored here on earth. And over and over, Jesus says, when one sinner repents, the angels in charge of catering, music, festivities, they say, go. And when any of you took that step, God rolled it all out. And there was a party. And the parable of the prodigal son is a picture of what God invites us to hear, not just in the next life. Jesus said, this is the way a way that leads to eternal life. Eternal life isn't really the same as heaven. It's a quality of life that begins here, now. God pours out his blessing. He invites us to follow. He leads us day by day. Eternal life is a part of the deal, part of the invitation. There's a a wide gate and a narrow gate, and Jesus claims to be the door to the one that leads to real life, eternal life. Jesus challenges us to make a decision, to clarify which road are we on. And again, our mission as a congregation is to make disciples of Christ. A disciple is someone who's made a commitment, who said, I'm going to follow, I'm going to walk in the way. That's a part of our mission as a congregation. We are watching a 
a crisis unfold in Afghanistan, and I just want to speak to that a little bit. We, we hear about the Taliban going from door to door, and they're, they're checking their lists, and, and we don't necessarily know what the list is about or why they're going door to door, and what are they looking for? And, and yet a, a Christian podcast gave a little more insight because of something that happened in the 20 years since the Taliban vacated uh, leadership in that country and gave up control. In the 20 years uh, since, uh, they were the controlling faction because Afghanistan is a combination of, of factions and tribes and uh, warlords. In the 20 years since uh, they were out, outed, the Christians in Afghanistan, uh, to get an identity card, a new category was put on the card by the secular government. And the government said, we want to know what your religion is. And so there's your name, your address, and it says religion. And they want to put Muslim. That's the preferred choice. And the Christian leaders said, you know, are we going to forever live in hiding? Are we going to forever not let our light shine? And they chose at some point to begin to live out the Sermon on the Mount. We began by Jesus saying, uh, you're the salt of the earth and you're the light of the world. And somebody there said, let's let our light shine. And the, the Sermon on the Mount follows, you know, if you light a light, you don't put a bucket over it. A city set on a hill is not meant to be hidden. And somebody there said among the leadership, let's let our light shine. And the way we're going to do this is we're going to say, we're, put Christian on the card. For better, for worse. They, they knew that was a, a risk. They knew it could be mishandled. They knew it might require sacrifice and it might end up being bad someday. But they said, we want to leave a legacy to our kids to say we, we chose at one point to stop hiding. We chose to let our light shine and to say, God, uh, we belong to you no matter what the cost. And the hard part for us is we're watching as the Taliban goes door to door, and that's a part of what they're seeking. The list is just printed out of the computer, and they're persecuting the Christians. For a time, the, the church in Afghanistan is one of the fastest growing areas of the world. Now, it's small. It's not like there's a lot, but if it doubled last month, uh, went from you know, 1,200 believers to 2,400 believers, that's an incredible multiplication. Uh, a while back, I talked about the church in China, how in 1950 it was just shut down. Missionaries were expelled, the pastors were thrown into prison, the buildings were burned down. In China, they went from 2 million believers to 80 million believers when everything finally kind of come out in, into public again. Persecution doesn't necessarily end the people of God. The other fastest growing place for Christianity is Iraq. God is doing something there, and, and as these people, we, we are hurting because we watch them struggling to find a way into the airport uh, to, to get to a different place, a better place, a new life, a new way, and it hurts. But the Sermon on the Mount also had a word for that. Jesus said, blessed are those that are persecuted for my sake, for to you belongs the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted and reviled and insulted on account of me, for they'll be called my children. 
God isn't forgetting about people in hard places. I, I share this simply to say, sometimes God says, stand up and be counted. As we think about which way we're going to take, I would invite you not just to make the easy choice. It's not the convenient choice. It's a good choice. And maybe you have made that choice, and, and maybe we spread this out a little bit and say it's not, it's not just about your choice, but maybe you know somebody who's on the other way, someone you care about, somebody you love, a spouse, a son, a daughter, a sister, a coworker. We know people that do, do not share a commitment to Christ. You pray for those people. When you watch the news and you see the, the chaos in Afghanistan, do you pray for those people? God works through our prayers. God hears our prayers. God helps people in hard places. I end with this thought. The longer somebody has traveled the wrong road, the harder it is to admit a need to change. The longer someone lives on the wrong road, the harder it is to switch. But it's possible, and your prayers can help pave the way. Will you pray with me? Lord God, we, we feel the challenge from Jesus. We see the challenges all around us. And may we, maybe we know people who are, are wrestling with just such a choice. Maybe it's our, our carpet layer our business partner. Maybe it is a family member. Maybe it's somebody who's discouraged and kind of come to the end of themselves. They're overwhelmed with the stuff of life. And Jesus would say, if you know the way to life, offer them a hand, offer them a prayer. And Jesus whispers to all of us, this is the way. Walk after me. Amen. I leave you with the, the thought I began with, that uh, in our culture, in our media culture, often there are echoes of the gospel. In the, in the miniseries that take off from Star Wars, a movie that's been going for 40 years now, there's that little seed that echoes, this is the way. Say with me, this is the way. If you hear that, it's, it's a, a copy of, almost a playing with the words of Jesus. May it remind you of the real invitation by the real person, the first one that spoke it. Go in peace and follow Christ. Amen.